What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. Before I come across the table and rip Barry's throat out. Kevin Sherrington. I'm going to say to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Barry Horn. I'm going to bring milk and cookies next week. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Rangers Ballsy with a Z Podcast. You know, Barry, we have a very special guest today to talk baseball with us. We couldn't get anybody else? Is that what you're saying? No, this is somebody who kind of drops in every once in a while, and and I got to tell you, whenever we have him on, I, it's always it always means a lot to me when we have him. <laughs> oh, he's laughing at us. Let, okay. me, let me tell you something. Oh, who are you? Oh, shut up. I I I texted John Daniels last night, and he said I I, I could do it, but Monday's not a good day for me. I texted Michael Young, and he said um, I'm playing golf in Santa Barbara, um, and I didn't hear back. He's from working else. really hard on the. On the Who's Rangers the third person? Season. Who's the third person? I didn't hear back from anybody else. Oh, okay. Oh. So, yeah, tell, tell Michael, you know, thanks for working hard on this postseason. Well, let me just say this, Who, Michael. Michael is about to turn forty. I think he turns forty on Wednesday, and uh, so he's blowing out his thirties with a big with a big bash. Well, maybe he's uh, playing golf with some, with somebody who might. Be a ranger next year. Maybe he's maybe he's working. Maybe he's t- playing with an agent. Maybe who? How do you know what he's doing? He's working. Trust me. No, I know. All right. <laughs> all right. So uh, since I'm your guest here, well, first of all, what are my parting gifts? Uh, your parting gift is that we allow you to remain working here. There's no compensation. What, what did Tim Brando use? What was the gratis? Gratis. Gratis. You're working here gratis. Yeah, I want to tell Tim that. Hey, we're all working this thing gratis. Oh, it, you know what? My I I think my gift can be that. Um, that I get to have lunch with you and I don't have to worry about Barry today. No, because I have a TV show to do today. Oh. Wow. You're multimedia today, aren't Darn you? It. And we were <laughs> gonna go, I'm not writing anything. Yeah. We usual. were going to go exactly where you wanted, wherever that would be. Let me just say this. When you write something, it's really, really good. On the, those the, rare occasions. The, there's, there, I know, uh, there's a, you know, I, I, I Twitter this week, Jim Suhan, who was a columnist in Minnesota. Who used to work here. Who used to work here. He took a shot. He's taking shots at me. No. He, at the number of times I write. Wow. Yeah. That's cold blood. It was cheap. It was just very, very and you, cheap and you, and you brought him up from nothing. Uh, <clears throat> are we talking about our guest? Our guest uh, today no. is Evan Grant. <laughs> oh, look at Evan. Come back to me, please. Come back to me. I'm here. Airtime. We want to talk about the Rangers and where they go from here. I want to say one thing. As you said, you didn't watch the game last night, which is inexcusable to me. That you did not watch Kyle Hendricks go out there and for five innings, he looked really good. And you know what? I didn't watch Clayton Kershaw look even better for seven. Um, I I took a break from baseball for the weekend. What'd I you really do? Did. What'd you do? Last um, night? Friday night we had a football game. Saturday we went to the Greek food festival. All right. In the mid cities, and of course saw my good friend John Blake there. You should see John with his kind of. Um, People, person, people first. I refuse to uh, believe that. Working, the working does the he line. Work, he works the room. He works the uh, opa. Does he do an opa thing? He doesn't. No, he doesn't do an opa thing. But he does. He does dish out on the uh, on the food line. 
And so, uh, you know, it's like, move along. He's he's the perfect. He'd be a great soup Nazi. That's so great. And his lovely daughter, by the way, is getting married. Yes, in two weeks. In two weeks. Um, and so I, I we did that. And then uh, Sunday night. Yesterday I watched football and then I made some delicious filet mignons for the family. <gasps> we grilled out the night before. I didn't use the grill on this. I, I tried a new method. No. Yeah, I used the I used the cast iron skillet and the stove. Came out great. Wow, how about that? All right, so let's talk Rangers. No, I know what Evan wants to talk about, but he, Evan said we should talk about you. That yeah. that's what. But he thinks in you when he said here, you, here we, we should talk about Evan. Yeah. No, we need. You know what? We need like a sound effect for here comes one of Dairy's Dairy's. <laughs> Here I comes, think we should call him Derry from now on. <laughs> Here comes one of Barry's not dad jokes. It's like, you know, the Jewish word for the the Yiddish word for grandpa is Zadie. Yeah. So we should call it one of Barry's Zadie jokes because it's like a grandpa. Joke. I like calling him Bubby instead. That's grandma. That That's would grandma, be grandmother. Well, you're more like that to me. He, he is. If you've <laughs> ever seen him driving the car. All right. So let's talk about you, Darvish. Let's talk about you, Darvish. At, at the uh, at the exit press conference the other day, which Jeff Bannister and uh, John Daniels were there, a very lighthearted affair, I thought, considering everything that had happened up to that point. I, you know, JD had a couple of good kind of self-deprecating lines, and uh, I, I say good on him because he has, uh, in eleven years as this GM, going from the youngest GM in in, in Major League Baseball history. I think he's really gotten comfortable in the chair, and I think he's gotten comfortable kind of controlling the room a little bit. Yeah. He, he made a little funny there that John Blake had to make sure that the <laughs> Japanese media— All right, media! It's not, it was not true. He has not made some offhand deal with you, Darvish. Yeah, the, the, the context of which, and you had that in your brunch uh, yesterday, was that Daniels had joked uh, when it asked originally about an extension for Darvish that uh, they had— had a handshake agreement that if they won the World Series, then Darvish got to fill in the amount on the extension. And if they didn't, then John Daniels got to fill in the amount on the extension. All very funny, but here's the thing. Underneath all that, they're going to talk about an extension. Oh, absolutely they are. And I think it's their number one priority this offseason. You know, it's it's interesting to me that when we talked about this, so you, Darvish, is currently 30 years old. Yes, he, he turned 30 in August. So he'll turn 31. He, they have one more year with him, 2017, and, uh, and he, at which point he'll be 31. Right. So if you sign him to an extension, what terms are we talking about not only in money but in years? I, you know, the number that I would throw out right now would be six and one, 80? somewhere north of 180. Yeah. Six years. So he would be 37. He would turn 37 towards the latter part of that last year. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That is a lot of money. And I know that is not something that uh, – and I, I know in baseball, the idea of giving big money to any starting pitcher is considered a bad idea. Correct. Especially an aging starting pitcher. I, I, think, it's, I, I think it's considered an idea where you're not going to get maximum – because you, if you're going to give a six-year deal to somebody, you better pre- be prepared that – He's going to miss the equivalent of at least one season there. I.e. Um, Prince Fielder. Right. But I also look at this. You know, there's no there's no top flight free agent pitching this year. Right. He's going to be the top of the free agent class next year. Unless by some chance the San Francisco Giants and C- and Chicago White Sox decide that they're not going to pick up really club-friendly options on Madison Bumgarner and Chris Sale. So that's not going to happen. Um, 
you look at this organization right now and what they've traded away in terms of pitching over the last couple of years from Jake Thompson to Luis Ortiz uh, to Dylan Tate, and there's no guys that you sit here right now and say they are going to be upper rotation type guys anytime soon. So I'm looking at the next three or four years, and you want to extend this 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 window of opportunity. Darvish is your best bet, and you've got right now you've got the ability to uh, to take a playbook, take a page from the playbook that the city of Arlington just did, which was rather than let the Rangers get out into free agency, they came and said we can get you into a new stadium earlier. Well, the Rangers can get Darvish into a new contract earlier. They could they could tear up the last year put him into a new contract right now, give him more money up front, and you know maybe you, uh, maybe you front load that deal. I don't think there's any way they can I, – I, I've thought pretty much up to this point that he would walk when this contract was done. In my thought. He would he want to go wherever he get the max money, and I always felt like the Rangers were not going to give him the max money. But now, because of the things that, that Evans just talked about – and because of things on a national stage, last night we saw Kyle Hendricks pitch extremely well for five innings. He gave up a home run, a solo home run to uh, Adrian Gonzalez, and that was it. And was just tremendous. How good would he look right now behind you, Darvish, and Cole Hamels? Very. And, and what did they get? Who did they uh, get for Kyle Hendricks in that trade? Dempster. Uh, that's right, Ryan Dempster. So uh, Tanner Rourke is another guy that they they have lost. Uh, and now you look at the Phillies trade, and you look at the fact that uh, – and I was all on board for that Phillies trade. Oh, I, I believe you wrote that they needed <laughs> a trade for Cole Hamels. Is that I, correct, Barry? Ke- uh, Kevin will tell us he believed – but but I, th- I think you have to separate the deal with the Phillies from the two deals with the Cubs. Uh, yeah, no, the, no, no question about it. Those were better deals. But my point is, is that uh, that those guys are all now – bubbling to the surface for the Phillies, right? Not only the three pitchers who are in their starting rotation, which seems like they're just trying to, to twist the twist knife on the John range. Daniels a little bit there, but now the catcher is all of a sudden he was he was voted the, the best catcher in baseball uh, in minor league baseball by uh, Baseball America. I, I, I'll take Jonathan Lucroy. Well, here's here's the point. That's that's why it was important for them to to extend not only you Darvish but Jonathan Lucroy. They have to do that now because there's there's no other catcher in the pipeline. There's no catcher in the pipeline, and there's no top of the rotation pitcher in the pipeline right now. And that's why they have to. And that's to me why they have to sign you, Darvish. If you go to this fan base and say, "Well, well, look, we just couldn't do that. Those numbers were 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 crazy, and we just couldn't do it." I don't think they would do that. I, that that would be franchise suicide. To do what? To to tell to tell the fa- tell fans we don't have enough money to do right anything. and and I think you're you you know you're also facing we are here on October seventeenth and my new favorite word there is a down ballot initiative in Arlington uh, about a new stadium that's going to include five hundred million dollars basically as a gift from the city of Arlington you're gonna you're going to get that and you're going to increase the value of your club the best way that you can go back to the fans and say we are and and, and I don't want to. Listen, this ownership group has, has demonstrated time and time again that they are willing to go out and add payroll and that they are willing to go out and add big big pieces. But I think you can underscore that by saying we are willing to reinvest some of our windfall back into the Let club. me throw something out at you. You're going to roll your eyes. Kevin is going to roll his eyes. I this has anything to do well, wouldn't it be the best game, thing for the franchise for that initiative not to pass, get out of Arlington, and move to Dallas? you got to assume yeah, that but Dallas our- would do that. First That's not going to happen, and I. No. But but I, wouldn't it, was, it, it, it? We're living. We're, we're supposing here 
wouldn't that be the best thing for the franchise? It would be the best long term. It would be the best thing long term for the franchise. But the franchise is not a public stewardship anymore. The franchise is a business. And the best thing for ownership in the long term, because their ownership group is not going to stay together for eternity, would be to get $500 million in a brand new stadium that, get out. that increases the value of this club uh, exponentially. You know, what we have said about the new stadium issue would be, for me, if you want to be connected long term to the economic engine of this of this area, that would be downtown Dallas. And that allows you to to reach into many more corporations and get more high dollar corporate tickets, I think, sold. If you are connected to downtown Dallas and it puts you with public transportation, light rail, it gives you more access to more fans. Uh, all of that is is all well said. And I will say this again, though. Arlington went out and was proactive. If it, it, whether or not it's the best deal for the for the citizens of Arlington, I can't tell you. But Arlington was proactive, and they did what they needed to do to try and keep the Rangers there. Well, uh, here to, to that they to, are incredibly. And, and, and I, I on the way into the office today, I heard a spot on the radio. First time I've heard one about the the ballot initiative, and it was the mayor of Arlington, Jeff Williams, and it's so parochial. It oh. it's insulting to me. That, that they feel like it is, that using the words, our Rangers. It is not Arlington's Rangers. It is the North Texas entire area Rangers. And and, and they, they the city of Arlington should be proud of the partnership. The city of Arlington should should do everything it can to continue that partnership. But to, but to claim the Rangers as their own, I, I think, is unfair to the entire Metroplex. Well, I, I don't blame them for doing that. But but the, to the point of, of a Dallas entity and, and why it's more important, we had a story in the paper that Brad Townsend did on the new practice facility that the Mavericks have and Mark Cuban talking about how much Dallas had done for him. Uh, and, and I get that, and I think that there's probably some underlying motive for him to keep everything in Dallas. But listen, I'm going to tell you something right now. Um, I'd hate to say that that Mark's more savvy than Jerry Jones business-wise. I don't think he is, but they're certainly in the same league. If you ask Mark, he'll tell you he is. Yeah. But I also think, listen, I also think when it comes to any of these comparisons, and you're talking about Cowboys Stadium and the number of events there and the number of people you're going to put into that stadium versus a Mavericks arena, um, well, no. My, my point about, about Mark is that is that he wasn't going to take this thing to Frisco. He wasn't going to take right. it to, to right. Irving or Arlington or any of that. Mark Mark gets it. He he understands that the, the the vitality of what you want for your team is in is downtown. Is in in Dallas, a place that is really building. Is and something's going to happen there. He's not a suburban guy at all. So I I think for, so for all the, the points that you make about that that's the thing that's what's going to happen here. But back to the original point of the Rangers and what they're going to do and why they're going to do it. Um, I think that after Barry got us completely off track, I kind of got sidetracked. Well, that that was a good. I, I it swore, was. I it, swore, was uh, it was a good seven minutes of six minutes of conversation. Six right. minutes. Wow. Is that number number one? You know, not only did they have to if if you sign Darvish to an extension, if you sign Lucroy to an extension. These these two signings, the reason I think they're so important for the Rangers is they will help cover 
some of the mistakes the organization has made. And I don't say that to, to knock John Daniels. He, he, I, I like the fact that he's been aggressive and he's tried to win during seasons. Uh, he's made moves to try to win. Sometimes those have worked and sometimes they haven't worked. You know, We can make the point, how much did it work this year? You gave up prospects uh, and, you, and, you, and you covered yourself in the long term by bringing in a catcher now who you expect to be around for a little while. But if you don't, re, if you don't sign him to an extension – I'm, I'm going to have to wonder, depending on how these other things work out, how good a move were these? Well, and, and I will say this also, that you're talking about a catcher who I think is going to be 31 next year. Um, and he's he's played a lot of games in his career. Right. How not a big guy either. How long a, no, he's not a big guy. It's, it's amazing no. when you say it. How yeah. long a term are you going to be willing to, to go with that catcher? And and, and you, you potentially run into some some issues there because this is going to be Luke Roy's one chance to get a to really get a windfall so um let me ask you this about Luke Roy are you concerned about the the uh blocking balls behind the plate didn't do a great job didn't did not do a great job um I'm more concerned right now not concerned but this is one thing I want to investigate a little bit over the offseason you know he came from he came from the National League had to learn a whole new pitching staff immediately but, you know, the National League is much more a, a fastball league. And in this league, you've got to throw a lot more off-speed stuff. And and I wonder if he almost had an issue kind of making that transition in game calling a little bit. You know, you heard Darvish talking uh, during the playoffs uh, after his after his game, whether or not they they might have gone too heavy on the fastball. Um, and with, with you, there's all these other extenuating circumstances because he was previously – such a off-speed and secondary heavy pitcher, and he has had to raise that percentage. But I think that's something that I think Jonathan will try to address this winter is I think he will have to look at at the difference in game calling between the National and American Leagues. Um, and I think that will make a bigger difference in pitching effectiveness than the blocking of balls. So so what will it cost him to, to re-sign him? Years and money. I... Uh, I can't even go there right now. I, I my guess would be. I would think he's going to want five years. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I years. was going to say four and sixty maybe. Yeah, it's going to take more than three, and and I, and I think that uh, and that's a tough call, but I think they have to do it. I mean, there's there's no one out there on the on the horizon, and if you, it's one thing if these guys who go to other organizations and they and they prosper and do well. Uh, if you've got guys in your organization that are playing well at those positions, then, then the fans are going to say, okay, okay, I, I get it. Uh, but it, but if you've got guys going to those other organizations and they do really well and you're hurting at that position, then then that's when you really lose the faith of the fans. I you know, I think the only time you lose the faith of the fans is when you – you lose more games than you win. Well, that's for, true. For that's true. Well, but that's the, that's what's going to happen. For consecutive if, years. if you don't have, I tell you what, if you're still trotting out, you know uh, that makeshift catching crew for the next five years, can't uh, do that. No. You, you say you can't do that, but you know, you, they they got a lot of mileage out of those guys, they've and, got, and, and they, they did they, very well. They went to a they went to the division. They went to the LC, not the LCS. They went to the, the division LCS. series in 2015 right. with no starting catcher. Right. Um, they won 90 games in 2013 with uh, A.J. Pruszynski being the starting catcher, and he really was not a a great contributor. 
Um, of course, you got to ask yourself how much further could you have gone with a better catcher? You know that that's the, that's the issue. I, I I I think it comes back down to this, Kevin. And I think you you go back and look at the go back and look at the playoffs. It comes down to two factors: pitching and pitching, pitching. starting pitching, and home runs. Yeah, home runs. It, it, this is a point that was made to me before this series. Home runs win series, and I think home runs um, in the postseason have a much bigger value than they do in the regular season. Because you're facing better pitching, you're not going to string together three and four hits continually to keep rallies going. You may get one mistaken inning, and you better have somebody who can hit, who can who can drive a ball. Secondly, it's going to raise the emotion, the the momentum factor in the ballpark that much more. Uh, and just look at what look at the 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 NLCS right now. You know, last night's game was decided by by one swing. Uh, game one was decided by a pinch hit grand slam. Okay, did, did you see you? I, since you didn't watch, you didn't get to see Pete Rose's commentary after the game. Which well, was I consider classic. that a benefit of not watching. It, it was a classic though, because he was talking. He was uh, making some real Pete Rose points. But one of the things he said was about the Cubs was, "I, said, I can't believe these guys won, won 103 games. Yeah. There's nobody who's hitting." Pete Rose is an idiot at this point. Well, he does. Well, say you know, but sometimes stuff. he makes a good point. He he yeah. does. He does. It's like what what happened to this team because Miguel Montero has the big blast for uh, for the Cubs, and that's because. I cannot believe that they ran that the Dodgers ran Joe Blanton out there. Joe Blanton. I thought I thought Joe Blanton was out of baseball. Well, no, Joe Blanton has had a real resurgence this year with the Dodgers. They've gotten a lot of mileage out of him, and he's been a very reliable reliever. And then he, and then he turned into Joe Blanton. Joe Blanton. Well, he yeah. he made you know I think that uh, that John Smoltz re- re- responded on Saturday night, uh, and and again I just saw this on social media that basically right before the home run pitch he said. That's really lazy spin on right. the slider, yeah. and next next pitch was a another lazy slider, and Montero hit it out, and and then he gave up a home run after that. And I, I don't understand what I, I I'm not sure what Pete Rose's point is that you know the Dodgers the Dodgers this is the playoffs all the teams are good okay games are going to turn on one or two mistakes and last night the Dodgers made one mistake stand up the night before the Cubs the Cubs made the Dodgers mistakes you know. Into into the difference. I'm not sure though. I, I get what Dave Roberts is doing though. I'm having a hard time watching the, some of the developments that he's done. You know, it's like because because Pete made this point as well, and I agree with him 100. percent Is that Dave Roberts goes out to talk to Clayton Kershaw in the seventh inning? Well, first of all, I'm letting Clayton go through the seventh inning. You know, his pitch count wasn't wasn't high at all, and and you really want to turn the game over. The, as, as good as Jansen is. You know, do you really want to turn it over to him right now in the seventh inning again? Right. I mean, that to me, that's just crazy. So why are you going out there? You're, he's not talking you in or out of anything, or he, or he shouldn't be. Understand what you're saying. But at the same time, Terry Francona has taken huge risks with his bullpen and deployed bullpen guys in different roles here in, in the postseason and it's resulted in five consecutive wins for them. Yeah, and and so if they if the if the moves work out, you're a genius. You're a genius, right. and if they don't, you're, you're not. And, and and I the two things that are really standing out to me, uh, and, and I think you know, to his credit, Jerry Jerry Fraley has been on this for for a couple of years, but you go back to the Royals' first World Series run, and it was built so much on bullpen and bullpen. And I think now, you know, guys are guys are much more willing to say, I gotta get outs now. You know, mm-hmm. and, and if I need to bring my closer in for the sixth and seventh here and get these outs, then I'll worry about eight and nine and, and, and then 
course, so, you, now Clayton Kershaw's not your average everyday pitcher either. No, he's he's not. But he's also, if you look at his postseason numbers, no. they haven't been great. No. And traditionally, it has been that third time through the order when he has really started to struggle. Yeah. I get that. I get that. I just, I'm just wondering a little bit about it. Barry's yawning. No, no. I, I, my question for you is, since you brought up home runs, do the Rangers have enough home run firepower for for your new, uh, for your adopted philosophy of the postseason as they stand now? Well, I, it, it makes I'm me. Sure uh, they do. Well, it, I asked Evan. It, I asked our guest. It definitely our guest. I, every all the time, I said, I say something, I ask somebody something, and you go, of course not. I, I, I'm I do asking think, our guest. I do think it makes me now look at Joey Gallo in a different light, and it makes me it makes me want look at Joey Gallo and say, "Look, that power right there is game changing power." Okay, and what has to take place is simply getting Joey to keep his is to put Joey in a place where he can capitalize on mistakes, and I think that's the biggest project right now. Nobody's expecting Joey Gallo to be a 300 hitter. Nobody's expecting Joey Gallo. Let me ask you this. Do you think he's Chris Carter? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's an okay thing. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean. if You you know, Chris will put up 35, and he's even put up 40 home runs. Chris he's Davis? Gonna, we, Chris Carter. Chris Carter. Chris Carter. Okay. Chris Carter. But he's going to hit 212. Okay. Right. He's going to strike out 200 times. The question is, how many times is he going to walk, too? Right. Um, and I, I right now, I just think that Joey has – when. At the end of the season, Joey had absolutely no idea going to the plate. He was defeated before he ever got to the plate. I agree. Was looking at strikes down the middle. Uh, just just completely had no – I don't want to say didn't have a plan. I just don't think he had any feel at that point in time. I, I, th- I listened to the manager the other day talk about Joey, and he went on for about five minutes uh, talking about Joey Gallo, uh, which was interesting to me. But one of the things that he said, and I think this is a real going to be an issue with him, is that – you know, as we all know, Joey's an all-or-nothing swinger. I mean, he's up there. That's the longest swing in baseball. Right. And uh, and what the manager wants him to do is shorten up. Right. And and if he shortens up, I, I think he can be much more effective. Uh, but I just don't know in his makeup if he can do that. I do think that the I think that the Rangers have questions on the quote-unquote makeup side about how willing Joey is to see something. From beginning to end, if that includes adversity, mm-hmm. this is a guy who, for his entire life, has just crushed things, and everything has come natural for him. And how do you, how do you think it makes him feel to see Chris Bryant have the kind of season he's had? Right, his old running buddy from Las Vegas. Right. Well, you know, and, and the fact that he's seen Bryce Harper, his old running buddy yeah, from true. Las Vegas, win an MVP. I, I, but but this is where I think the Rangers. Um, this is one of the reasons the Rangers wanted him to go with Tony Beasley to his chemotherapy and spring training. It's one of the reasons when they brought him up in September that they wanted him not to focus on results. They wanted him to focus on prep and planning and seeing something from beginning to end. I think it's one thing that they're sending a trainer with him to Venezuela to work this winter. While and he's and when does that start? Uh, I think he's going to Venezuela this week, actually. And that will be how long? And he will be there for the first half of the season, which I want to say probably runs through like the end of November. Um, he'll be back before Christmas, I'm sure. Uh, and, and and they want to see him, you know, again, you know, you go to Venezuela, that atmosphere down there right now, for, in games it's always going to be crazy, but the political atmosphere is not is not great. I mean, they're not going to put him in harm's way. 
but I think they want him to go to a situation where he might feel a little bit uncomfortable and stick with a plan. Yeah, and 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 that's what they need to see from Joey. And 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 so, um, do I think they have to to get to your answer? Do I think they have enough power? Look, Rugnet Odor is already a thirty home run guy. Right. Um, Adrian Beltre hit thirty this year. I think he's still capable of hitting twenty five. Right. Gallo is a full time player. Is a is you know. Hell, he could make contact 35 times during the course of the season and hit 30 home runs. Right. Um, I don't think he can make him a full time. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Well, we're, we're getting to a player I want to know about. Go ahead. Keep going. Uh, who do you want to know about? Beltran. Well, I mean, the question is, do you bring Beltran back? And and I do think there's some real interest in bringing Beltran back. I don't look at him as a 30 home run guy, not at the age of 40. He's going to be 40 next year. How many home runs did he hit this year? He hit 30. He hit third. I don't think Beltre is though either. I think uh, you had you had to feel like Beltre is a guy. At, at some point, he has to start going. You had to plan on it. Well, you thought about that because the last couple of years the power numbers had been down, but this year he stayed healthy and he hit thirty two. I know. So, but you had to look at it like this was the way to plan is always is, to say he's not going to hit thirty two again. No, no, no. I, I think you would you would expect that you could get about twenty five out of Adrian Beltre. Yeah. Um, and and to your point, Barry. I mean, I think that. I think there are enough legitimate power hitters in that lineup to cause issues in the postseason. You've got to make sure that guys like Odor don't get too anxious, which I think he was in the first two games of the, of the postseason this year. Well, it had been for the, much of the second half, at um, least in September. I, I think you've got to have a guy like Gallo have some adjustments both to his, his approach to the game and, as Kevin said, in his swing. That swing mm-hmm. has got to be shortened mm-hmm. a little bit. Um and I think that, you know, a guy like Beltron, the, the, the disappointing thing is that Carlos Beltron the last couple of years in the postseason has not performed. He did not perform this year. And you wonder, you almost wonder if, if as much as he wants a ring before he retires, if he gets to the postseason. And you might say the same thing about Beltre, because Beltre, to Adrian's credit, he put all the blame on himself. Yes, he offensively. did. Uh, you wonder if these guys do want it so much that they're trying to do a little bit too much in the postseason. Absolutely. Now, here's the thing I would say about Joey Gallo. I, I, I cannot. You cannot say, "All right, you're our, you're our starting first baseman." Here you go. Boom. You can't give him the job. No. You can't give him the job. And, and you I, can't I, give him the job. You can't give him the job now. And I don't think you can give him the job at the start of spring training. I think he's got to go to spring training and he's got to play. And I think you've got to pro- prepare to open the season. With a Gallo Rua platoon, yes, and that's what I have felt like all along that they need to do with those guys. I think the good thing about that is it gives you a guy who's very versatile in Rua, gives him a place to play and something to do, and also as an outfielder, and that way he could play a little bit of outfield when you need him to. Still play a little first base. Now the other thing I would say though is, let's yeah. say you don't bring Carlos Beltran back. Yeah. Okay. Let's and, and that's a that's a legit possibility. I. I I would, and I thought this was a mistake this past winter. This was my, my one mistake of the offseason that I thought the Rangers made, and I would have brought Mike Napoli back. Yeah, me too. And I would have done, I would have traded Mitch Moreland at that yeah. point in time and, and yeah. gotten what I could have and used that money towards Napoli. Well, Napoli's going to be a free agent again this year, and he's going to be coming off of, of once again being part of a team and being the center of a team that went deep into the postseason. You can bring Napoli back, play him some at first base, play him some at DH, and and make and say, look, everything you learned from Michael Young and Adrian Beltre and Dustin Pedroia and the guys that you were with and, and David Ortiz, now it's your turn. Take that and pass it on to Joey. And I think I think I think 
I think Napoli's a guy that Gallo could re- could really you know relate to, and I think he's a guy who would. I think Mike would would relish that opportunity. Let me ask you this though: um, for some reason, it seems to me uh, the the two guys that that John Daniels has made mistakes on uh, as veterans were Nelly Cruz. Uh, it was a huge mistake not to re-sign him. He had two chances to re-sign him and, and passed both times. Huge mistakes because it led to the Shinsu Chu contract, and, I, I, and and so that's a mistake. And the other one is Mike Napoli. Yeah. He's had him a couple of times, and the guy has done nothing but produce for this team. And, and I think there's extenuating circumstances in both, but I agree with you on, on, on in both cases. I, I think that the Cruz thing was um, – uh, complicated by the whole PED suspension. Yeah, I think that put the Rangers not in a great frame of mind where he was. And I think you know, this is one of those cases where I can understand the I, I can respect the Rangers' point of view and I can respect Nelly's point of view because Nelly was put under a lot of pressure to take that suspension when he was and not appeal. Um, the Rangers felt like they needed him in their lineup and they needed him to and and they felt like he had given him his word. Well. What ended up happening was he took the suspension because that was that was what the players' association basically uh, pushed on him, and what the 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 league office pushed on him, and and it pushed the Rangers to a point where they felt like he wasn't. I don't know. I don't team know if player. loyal's the right word or team player. But see, that's a that's a stupid. I mean, I, I get it, but that's, I, a, that's a, a dumb. Because you're going for, you're going forward here. Let's not look backward. Let's go forward. I what what could a, this team have done with with Nelly Cruz? In I the think last it's three years? I think it's a mistake. And, and and you know the other thing with Nelly, and you look at like even in game even in game three of the division series, okay, they get a lead in the top half of the sixth inning mm-hmm. or the seventh inning. Mm-hmm. And they put Jared Hoying into right field immediately yeah, from right. the bottom. Okay, because that Nelson Cruz failure to catch that fly ball in the World Series has so left an indelible mark on this franchise. Right. So, Which, so you've got all those extenuating circumstances. Right. Right. That doesn't excuse the fact that from a pure baseball evaluation, at a point in time when he was going to take $8 million right. on a one-year deal. Um, Unbelievable. Right. Of course, I will say this: uh, our, our good friend, uh, uh, Mr. Law, uh, Keith also Law. Keith Law, said that he didn't think at that time that Nelly Cruz was any better than uh, and who, who was the, the 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 Mariners outfielder, the big hulking guy, Trumbo? Uh, no, no, Mariners. This is back when 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 Cruz was oh. was still with the Rangers, and uh, I can't I can't think of his name. Uh, anyway, he he put Cruz on a, on a level with him. Right. Uh, and the guy was just th- – th- there was no comparison in my mind between the two guys. And, of course, now Nelly's career is, is skyrocketed since he left the Rangers, as, as effective as he was with them. He's been even better. But my point about, about Napoli is would he come back here? I, mean, I think he would. You think he would? Why, yeah. why wouldn't the Indians bring him back? Oh, I think they might. I mean, I think that the, the, the from the Rangers' perspective, if they're going to bring Mike Napoli in here, they're going to have to pay him the most money. I mean, that's – that's what it comes. I would say this: I'd, I'd rather have Napoli than Beltran at this point. You would, yes, absolutely. Well, first of all, he can you know he can viably play a position. I mean, uh, I know you can you can put him out there in the right foot, but you got plenty of outfielders. Uh, you have a hole at first base. He can play the position. He's younger. Uh, he's going to hit more. He'll home. cost more money too, right, Evan? Uh, Let me ask our Napoli? guest. Let me ask our guest. Let me guest. Evan. That's a good question. I think that I, I think that they probably will cost similar amounts of money. Yeah, I just I, 
You know, I, I think that the thing about his po- about Beltran's postseason record's a little overblown. Tim Callishaw made this point the other day. Most of that is built off how he did with the Astros, in which he carried that team right uh, to a World Series. So he must, uh, have, I, I he, thought he he must put, have had some good years in New York. Know, he, he I thought he played. I thought he played well with the Mets too. Yeah, yeah. He, and and let's also let's also remember. I think Carlos Gomez is going to figure into this team's plans this winter. And you think Ian Desmond won't? I, I think that the Rangers feel like look. You're also, you know, John Daniels said you're going to have to be creative. Right. Well, Ian Desmond's going to want a multi-year deal. Right. Okay. Also a 31-year-old At guy. 31 years old. Had a bad second half. Yes, he did. Gomez is a better defensive center fielder. Yes, he is. Uh, he's the same age. And I think that Carlos, I think Carlos Gomez is also in a situation where you can't just look at the, the five weeks he put with the Rangers. You have to put, put stock in what his whole season numbers were right. and the season before. Right. And he's in a position where if he's going to maximize his, his value, maybe a one-year reestablish myself kind of contract makes some sense. What do you think they could get him for? I think $8 million, don't you? I was going to say 9 yeah, I think if they could get him for one year, deal. but I also think that if you want to get him for nine, I think bringing Beltron back definitely makes, makes that, sense. It, you want it, him to mentor? It's interesting. They're very that close. It, they're close. They're very close. You know, he looks at Beltron almost in the way that Elvis looks at at, at Adrian. Adrian. And where was that? Link? They were they in New York when uh when when the Beltron Mets. was with the Mets. The Mets. Gomez came up. Oh right, 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 right. So okay. he was like the first guy he knew in the big leagues. You know. Uh, the the one see just like we were talking about the catching situation, but I think you can make cases for either for either one of those guys, and I think either one of those guys give you our, our assets. Des, Desmond or Bell? No, no, I'm or, talking about Beltron or or Napoli. Okay, but but going back to the center field question, to me that's another issue is that you don't want to gamble too much on Gomez's five weeks with with the Rangers, right? Right. Uh, that's a mistake to do that kind of thing, um, but. Uh, if you sign him to a one-year deal, and let's say he goes out and hits 30 home runs uh, and has an unbelievable season, I mean, he may come back to the Rangers because they gave him a chance. But now he's going to be now he's going to be a, a big uh, a star again, and he's going to come a big contract. And who becomes their starting center fielder after that? Yeah, I, I, listen, this is a team that has mortgage. And I don't want to say they've mortgaged their future, but they have they have traded a lot of currency over the last couple right. of years, especially there center field. There, there are some guys that are at the lower levels of the minor leagues. You know, we talk about first. We were talking about first base. Uh, Ronald Guzman could be in position by the end of next year to really challenge for a job at first base. You look at center field. You look at Eric Jenkins, who they drafted in the second round in 2015. Here's a guy who could who could come pretty fast and has great speed. But you're right. I mean, they have traded away a lot of the guys who had, they had invested time and energy in. Uh, at the top of the, of the minor league system, Nick Williams, um, Ryan Cordell, uh, Lewis Brinson, three guys that you would have thought would have at some point in time contributed for this team. Do you think, in, in looking at that, that they felt— Do you think that Barry's trying to sneak out of here? I have to go. Barry has to go to do his TV deal. I, you, you guys will have this next week. I saw the schedule. You guys are both on. We're all, both at the same time. You both are on. All S- right, so we're just going to let you do the show, all three shows by yourself. We're going to go have breakfast and then go to the studio. Okay, that'll be fine. I'll get the guests. You did I, it by I, yourself I'm, one I'm, time, I'm, didn't you? I'm hoping. Yes, I've done the show by myself. No, he hasn't. Yeah, he yes, did. I did. I did, did. I did a show one time. I was here all by myself. Brian, it was Brian and I, and I, I just want to say I thought we did the best job possible under the circumstances. Did you yell no? 
So it was but a disaster. No, I, who I yell no at myself? Brian. No. You could have yelled at Brian. No, Bri- it's Brian like the was Mr. asleep Bill half yell. the time. I mean, it, you but, know, but and Mr. Bill's forty years old. I'd like yeah. to stay and chat, and and I I don't. I was trying to get out as unobtrusively as possible, but uh, I I've got to go. Okay. Hey, hey, have a good have a good Fox uh, sport. Who, who are you doing the show with? Brandon George. Brandon George, who was a guest on our podcast. And I, I just want to tell you, I look. I just looked at the rundown of, for the show. Yeah, you know what it is? It's Cowboys, 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 Cowboys. And, Cowboys. and who's the host? You know, I didn't look. You want me to look? Look, look it up and see who that is. All right. What? 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 You, I, you I don't know. care who that is. No, you don't care who you work with. I care for next week. I'm not doing it this week. Well, no, whoever I'm working with this week will probably be be annoyed by you. Yeah. No, they, they are so nice out there. There was an eight three one in. No, they are, they are so they are so nice out there. It's unbelievable. We should, we should have like video of Barry falling off a cliff when he says that. You know, yeah, that well, would be perfect. We should have had that in the in the little canned intro. Let me, let me. Too. I'm looking. Go ahead, Patrick is. is go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's that's from. No, uh, please, Barry. We have Cowboy. nothing but time. Yeah. Oh, Rick. Renner. You got Rick Renner. Oh, well, I don't know, but last time I had Rick Renner, and I got there, and it was uh, Aaron Hardigan. So we, I don't know. Wow. All right. Well, that's great, Barry. Um, all right. Well, anyway, Barry, ta- 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 Kevin, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Well, all kinds of stuff. Now that Barry's late, you're forty minutes. I'd wrap it up. You would. Wait a minute. You're not going to be here. What do you care? Look at him. He can't even get up out of the chair. We've do, heard. Do, do you need some help? We've heard from other members of the Horn family. Bubby, do you need some help? They like it when it's just me and Kevin. Wow, that is ugly, isn't it? Not on paydays at all. There he goes. Look at Papa getting out of the room. There he goes. A big hand for Barry. I don't don't want to knock anything over here. Oh, my gosh. Let me squeeze in here. This this scene right here, it's like being at the the Someday when Barry runs for office, this is going to be his Howard Stern moment. (laughs) What is this? It's a poster. A Goodbye, poster. Barry. Get out. Evan Grant poster from Luke Kevin. Luca. <laughs> oh, Kevin, do we have anything done. else to talk about? Because we're losing listeners by the thousands. Yeah, they are dropping off now. You know, uh, uh, let me ask you just just this one thing. Uh, so this, so let me ask you for your your final grade on the Rangers because of the moves they made at the deadline. Uh, failure or not? I don't call the playoffs a failure. I just don't. I, I I do think when I look back at it, listen, they went into the post, they went into the trade deadline period with one number, with one target, one priority, and that was a starting pitcher. They did not get that. I also look at what Cleveland has done with Andrew Miller. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Too. And did they make a better, you know, did they make a better decision on Andrew Miller? But they didn't get Andrew Miller until after Jonathan Lucroy had turned down the Indians. Well, so. Um, I, I think that uh, plus it wasn't a matter of the bullpen fa- uh, failing in the postseason; it was a matter of the starting pitching. Failing. Right, and 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 that's the thing is you bet on this team based on the fact that you had Cole Hamels and you Darvish starting in games one and game two, and they went out and did not pitch well, um, made too many mistakes, uh, and and that's what lost this team. That's what that's why this team is no longer playing. Yeah, um, the Indians right now are showing that you know if you pitch well against Toronto. You can, you can fluster that team to the point where Jose Bautista is now claiming that there's basically a global conspiracy against the uh, the Blue Jays because he is the biggest, whiniest guy I have ever run across in baseball. 
Yeah, it's an amazing thing to watch that happen uh, because uh, I, uh, I, I did pick the Blue Jays to win the World Series uh, before the season started. Uh, so I was kind of hoping that they would go on and do that just to make me look good. Yeah, well, I picked the Rangers to beat the Dodgers, so I'm hoping the Dodgers at least make it. Yeah, uh, I, I think these Dodgers could. Uh, they're they're pretty good. Uh, the, the one thing that uh, I think, too, we, we, we kind of overlooked a little bit about the Rangers uh, with their pitching, and they certainly had pitching problems, but that defense is still not good enough. Uh, and and they, they turn a lot of double plays. The second baseman makes too many errors. The shortstop still makes too many errors. Uh, the, shortstop, of, the shortstop was improved defensively. He was improved. He I was look improved. at his I look at his metrics, and he was improved. He was. He's not going to win. He's he's. I think at some points there were thoughts that Elvis Andrews would win a Gold Glove. He's not going to win a Gold Glove. He's not. And he's going to. And here's the deal. He's got to have to keep hitting like he did this year. Correct. To make him a to make him a fifteen million dollar a year uh, shortstop through twenty twenty two. He is going to have to hit 290-300. Odor is going to have to get better yes. at second base. I also think that that's, that's entirely doable. Um, his footwork's got to improve a little bit. That's yeah. the biggest thing. You know, we didn't discuss this, and, and I was watching that game last night, and uh, you weren't watching that game. So Baez takes a, a throw from second. Now, he's coming way off the bag. It's on double play, mm-hmm. right? He's coming to the bag, and he runs through the bag and turns and throws and makes the throw to first. I'm wondering on that on on the play which you know cost the Rangers or at least it ended the, the Rangers ended, say, right uh, that that he was determined to to, to make, take that throw and make the throw to, uh, from directly on top of the bag. Why not come across the bag on that play? The only thing I can think of is that you know I I, I don't want to get too technical and and would make a fool of myself by getting too technical, but that throw was low. And oh, it's a bad to, throw. He had to stay there to get that throw. And at that point in time, Encarnacion was was I just don't know that he had a whole lot of room to move. But again, if you're gonna talk about Rugi and weaknesses, footwork becomes the biggest weakness. Yeah. And uh so the footwork goes for whether it's first step on a ground ball, footwork goes for definitely around the bag, um, and and to, you know, some decision making. So yeah. um he's never gonna be the smoothest second baseman in the world. But I think that for what he offers offensively, if he can show a tad bit more patience at the plate or a tad less over-aggressiveness at the plate, work on that footwork a little bit, he can still be considered the most dangerous second baseman in all of baseball. Um, I mean, not as long as Altuve's playing or Cano. I, I don't know that— There are a lot of good second basemen in the American There League. are a lot of good second basemen in baseball. And I don't think that right now he is the best second baseman in baseball— but I think that the fact that he's 23 years old and has shown the the ability to improve that he already has, I think he could be the best in baseball. And I do think that in center field, the Rangers are going to have to get better. Desmond did a great job of, of yes. moving and learning a new position on the fly. But he also, I think he played quite deep. And I think the Rangers would like to have a center fielder who can play more shallow. Um, and I, I think that um, I think that money is better. You know, I was on board with them bringing back Desmond, but now I think that money is better spent on on uh, Gomez. I, I I roll the dice on Gomez, uh, shorter terms, and then I use think it's that money. shorter term and less money. And mm-hmm. and I think that's and you know, that you've got to use else. all. As I said to somebody with the Rangers, I don't know. This was in in or in mid July. That you know, I think this was right after the fielder injury. Actually, talking and. And the thought comes to my mind, okay, now you've saved some money on Fielder. You're going to have to still pay, but that, that was money that was already spent. You're going to save some money on Fielder. You you do everything you can to clear the decks to try and re-sign Darvish. 
So if that means you let some guys walk, you know, you let Moreland walk and, and you, you go more inexpensive at first base. Uh, and, and if you've got two choices in center field, um, one at, say, one year and $9 million and one at four at 60, I'm taking the, the one at $9 million. Um, and that's what I that's what I try and do there is is clear the decks to to re-sign Darvish, and as you say, you know, also extend Lucroy. Yeah, Evan, it's been beautiful. This is well. All right, we just hit forty-seven minutes, so it's as long as a Cowboys podcast. Now I feel good. That's all you cared about. Anyway. That's all I care about. Air Evan, time. thanks for uh, getting on with us today, uh, for for appearing with us today on our uh, podcast. There'll be some uh, a lunch for you uh but i'll pay for my but you have to pay for your half of it yeah but I what if i don't like it that much uh that's that's happened uh, <laughs> at the dallas morning news we did have a a, a former uh, work co-worker with us who decided he didn't like his his lunch and so he was going to pay less than everybody else i don't I've, I've yet to run into the restaurant where that actually was a um usable technique yeah, they don't do that. Well, he he wasn't he wasn't counting on the restaurant to to, to come up with that. He was counting on his his comrades uh, uh, to come up with that extra money. He was an all timer. All right. Well, anyway, this has been a great podcast, Kevin. Thank you for having me as your guest. It's great to have you on, and we'll and we'll try to have you back maybe before next spring <laughs> <laughs> or next Monday, whichever comes early. Yeah. There you go. All right, Brian, take us out, will you? Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.